everyone. I'm Kathleen Gazzola. And I'm Molly Upstill. And this is Mum's Mum's Gone Gone Tropo. A tropical escape filled with laughter, candid conversations and heartfelt stories of motherhood and the incredible lives lived in the NT. From sleepless nights, the parenthood roller coaster and the heartwarming milestones, we'll share our experiences and have the privilege to sit down with a diverse array of inspiring women, some well-known and others are hidden gems. But all of them have fascinating stories to share about why they've chosen to raise their families in the magic of the tropics. Howdy, howdy. Good morning. I have um, Oscar on my lap. So for anybody that hears a grouchy baby who may or may not be teething. Yeah, I know. I know. Big boy. We've definitely seen his growth throughout this whole yeah, podcast. Yeah, I know. Literally we? sitting on this couch when I was pregnant versus a tiny newborn in the bouncer and now I've got a baby that Very vocal, is like almost walking. Old. I know. Oh, no, wild. Hey. Madness. Where's the time go? And where does the time go? So I have a mango madness. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So we obviously um, – doesn't show in the podcast world of our episodes, but we had a weekend off because I went interstate. Yes. We are now very selective and, I mean, thankfully we can mostly afford them, but this one we had some points that we used to have a daytime yep. flight, you know, because yep. we'll nice. go down, don't have to fly the red eye overnight, yep. which we've done in the past. Sometimes it's worth the splurge. And she was totally fine beforehand you know running around just like run free get tired so you can have your normal midday nap (laughs) that'd be fantastic um (laughs) we're literally lining up to board the plane tickets being scanned so you're in the bridge yeah and she's just you know in that delirium state overdue for her nap but in a in a good happy mood so she's just being silly swinging off her dad's arm by one arm yeah. Like Steve wasn't doing anything different, so I'm not blaming him. No, Don't no. anyone think that. <laughs> but was swinging and put all the weight on that arm and just immediately knew something was wrong because she did her hurt cry, which is different. Yeah. To toddler. Yeah. Cry. And so I was like, oh, no, what's she done? And Steve was like, oh, God, I think she's dislocated her shoulder. Oh, like, no. We're literally seconds getting on a plane for a four-and-a-half-hour flight to Sydney and it's just oh. like we both looked at each other in sheer panic, hug her, and she can't, like, lift her arm. <gasps> and it's just like, oh, Jesus. So we got on the plane. She also has done a shit while we've been waiting. Always so the way. literally, you know, it's like, what, half an hour until you take off? Yeah. I got on, we got our scene by the flight attendant. I was like, can I use the bathroom just now? Because she's has a dirty nappy. And they're like, yeah, fine. I swear they've gotten uh, smaller. Yeah, I, they bathroom. have. And as a toddler, she can't lie down sideways anymore. No. So she's hurting, obviously. Got her arm like she's barely moving it. Can't stand up on the change table. She's like hunched over because oh, she's no. too tall. So trying to change her dirty nappy and not get shit everywhere. <laughs> Got it done with a bit of pain from her. Got to our seat. Thankfully, she managed to obviously find a comfortable position to be asleep in my arms. And um, But every now and again when she moved, she cried. So she was clearly in pain. And the longer the trip went on, the pain got worse. And usually I pack the Panadol in my carry-on because I used to give her a dose before we took her off to just alleviate Pain or no pain. <laughs> Literally, just in case yeah, there was absolutely. pain from blocked ears or whatever. Yeah. This time I was like, she's doing great. You know, don't even worry about it. She has some snacks. She watches the screen. She's fine. The ears have been yeah. no issue. But this time I didn't pack the painkillers. So she's had her sleep. She's been distracted by the screen for an hour. We're about halfway through 
and she just is clearly so uncomfortable in so much pain and screamed oh, for like half an hour. Oh, no. Wouldn't go to her dad. She's 16 kilos now, just wanted to be carried. Yeah. You can't even walk up an aisle these days without knocking every single person. <laughs> so screaming, trying to settle her down, looking around, you know, oh, doing, no. oh, oh, my God, everyone's going to hate me. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. The the hosties took me down the back. Thankfully, they had some Panadol on board, which I said they have it in case it gets requested, which I don't know if it's every time. So, FYI, just bring your own payment. Yeah, yeah, bring it, yeah. But thankfully, I was like, cool, no worries. Gave her some, and I don't know if it may have just, like, kicked in the last 20 minutes. She fell asleep again because she'd exhausted herself out with the crying. Yeah. What was so heartwarming was when everyone was leaving the plane, we just let them off. So many people said to me, you're such a good mum, well done. Oh, you're so patient. That is so Don't nice. Don't even worry about it. Like they did not have to say anything. No. Nah. But people were just so, so lovely. I think that everybody's been a parent on a plane with a impatient, crying, pain, you name it, toddler, and it's hard. It, you're, you're like- but I've also had people in front of me, older couple, who I don't know if they were just like empty nesters or maybe they never had kids, that when she's been grizzling or crying have literally <gasps> looked through the gap. And You're like joking. Several times. Steve literally had to say to someone, you right, mate? Like oh my to God. stop him. Steve reminds me of someone in the mafia. Like <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would definitely stop them from looking. <laughs> but these people are so lovely. So anyway, obviously when she was screaming, we were like, we have to take her to the hospital because if she's got a dislocated shoulder. Absolutely, yeah. So landed, tell our family member, you got to drive us to the hospital. <laughs> drive to the hospital, thought, oh, she's a kid. It won't be that long a wait. This is Thursday night, people. We didn't have to wait too long to get through a triage, go into the paediatrics ward, yep. sitting in there. There's a woman there who's got a child with gastro. There's another woman there waiting to get a tetanus shot, Sally, dislocated shoulder. We're there for three hours. Oh. Wouldn't it have just been like easy, which yes, I know busy hospitals, obviously they have to prioritise, but like give the kid the tetanus shot five minutes, yeah. five, 15 minutes. Whatever. I know. Look at Sally's shoulder. You can say if it's dislocated or not yep. and send us on our way because obviously if it's not dislocated anymore, they just give some pain meds and send you on your way, right? It was a pulled elbow. So what does that mean? It's like, well, because I think obviously she's still young, so like all her joints and like aren't fully formed. So usually they described it as in your elbow, your it's like becomes like a baseball bat kind of thing that yeah. kind of is hard to pull apart. But when yeah. they're little, those haven't been fully developed. So it's quite common, like if you're swinging your kid by their arms or you pick them up, it can just like wow. stretch it and can sort of need to be put back into place. But so is that what needed to happen? In. Thankfully, this would have been six hours after it had happened. She'd sort of jimmied it a bit to check and then there was a fair bit of movement. So uh, she thought it had been back in. So, wow. you know, gave some more Panadol and sent us on yeah. her way in to be like, you know, if it's any worse tomorrow or she's still not using it, yeah. obviously come back. It did take her probably another 24 hours to be fully okay. Yeah. Like she was using it a little bit more the next days, but it was still... Painful, but yeah, pulled elbow, very common apparently. Wow. I've so never even heard of that. Drama. That sounds like Going the longest four hour flight ever. Yeah, it was a long. And afternoon. when you sort of like bank on a nap, taking up two hours of it. <laughs> 
What a stitch up. <laughs> Just like, my God. The flight home, no props. Yeah, because you left at night time, didn't you? Were you like, maybe we should have just had the nighttime flight. <laughs> we should have just got on that oh, fucking red no, eye. But those red eye, they go to sleep beforehand and then they think they've had, you know, six, four hours sleep and they're like, ping, it's You just daytime. can't win. No you can't thing. win flying in and out of Darwin. But granted, when we did get home, she'd slept on the flight. So then when we got home, she was like, oh. I've had a great nap. And then I rang then you at 8 o'clock in the morning. two hours to get her to sleep. <laughs> so that was Yay. like, what, 2 a.m.? And then, yes, a nice morning wake up for Molly, which you didn't know. No, I didn't, didn't know. I felt so, so I bad. against you. Well, on Wednesday, I um, so Wednesday last week, I was talking to a friend of mine. I was like, God, my eye is sore. I feel like I've got a sty on the way. <laughs> and... It just got worse and worse and worse over like a really short period of time. Ugh. And I was like, what is going on? It felt like a sty only in one eye. And then I went and looked in the mirror and, Ugh. yes, literally, <laughs> I had what was thankfully only three days, but three days of the worst conjunctivitis ever. Oscar has had it like three times in the last month or five weeks or so. We've had to take him home with a gunky eye and, you know, like the work guilt, whatever, whatever. But I was like, I'm pretty diligent when that sort of stuff comes through the house. Like I wash sheets and, you know, sanitize and careful of, you know, what he and everybody touches. But, oh, my God, it got me good. Literally by the end of that night, I think I sent you the Snapchat. I think you just wrote back going, gross. It was disgusting, (laughs) that video with the gunk. It was dripping dripping. down my face. (laughs) And I spoke to my mother-in-law three days later. She's like, how's your eyes? Because they're coming up next week. And she's like, how's your eyes? And I was like, oh, thankfully so much better like it cleared up over the weekend and she goes I actually nearly vomited looking at that video I was like thanks yeah I did too (laughs) it was was gross it was so (laughs) disgusting like full and then Jack had to do the nights thankfully Oscar's only waking once a night now at like three or four o'clock for a bottle and I couldn't get up because I literally could not open my eyes and then you were like you better be right for recording and I was like no I think I'll be okay like make sure you do the salt water wash because you don't want it to get in both eyes and then literally on Friday afternoon I got I like looked in the mirror because I I I blinked once and then I could see the like sinews of the conjunctivitis like get caught between my eyelashes and I was like oh it's in both eyes now but anyway thankfully it's cleared up super fast and yeah you I'm can on the mend. see like slightly reddish but I tell you what I wasn't sick so I just had conjunctivitis so I obviously couldn't go anywhere everybody knows how highly contagious conjunctivitis is but it was two days on my own I obviously made sure that there was no signs of conjunctivitis in the boys before I sent them to daycare, but I had two days on my own that I probably didn't know that I needed and I had a really – like, granted, I only clean the house, but, like (laughs) – but I, like – clean the house I lay down in the sun I clean the pool like Mm. just little bits of life admin I just had a day to myself and god it was so nice well we I did that I on that Wednesday we got home uh, we got home on the Tuesday night and then I sent Sally to daycare on the Wednesday as per usual and yeah. just so I could have that day. Go you know, yourself. Do some washing, finish yeah. off things and just like watch a Netflix relax, episode, you know, prior to going back to work because, you know, family holidays can be I have a very tired, cranky baby. 
Yes. Well, let's get into this week's episode on that note for Aussie boy. Gelicatus owns Stomp Shoes in Darwin's CBD. She's from a Greek family and a mum of three at one stage with three under the age of one, falling pregnant with twins when her eldest daughter was just four months old. Darwin born and bred, she moved to Melbourne to pursue a career in fashion before the call of Darwin and her family came loud and clear after the birth of her eldest daughter. What was meant to be a two-year stint in the top end is now more than a decade in and with a business, a Greek dance school and a beautiful life here in Darwin. She's not going anywhere anytime soon. Please welcome Gella. Gella. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. How are you going? Good. Busy. Busy as always. Crazy busy as always. Yeah. yeah. Bumper dry season for you. Um, Unusual dry season. Not as crazy as last year, but with its challenges and yeah, we got through it. Yeah. Like, yeah, definitely the, um, yeah, the you know, that crazy tropo time is here. It is. You can yeah. feel it. It was a bit of a tease last week and I thought, oh, could be still hanging around, but yeah. no, it's no, gone. It's gone. It's, it's hot. Gone. Yeah. Build up is here. It is. It's, um, it very much is. Um, so let's start how we always start. Gela, hit us with your mum stats. Okay. I am 48. Mum of three, um, Nasir is 17, and my twins, Kira and Eleni, are 16. They sound very Greek names. Yeah, they're shortened a little bit. Eleni's the way it Wait, is. what would they be if they were long? Okay, so Nasir is short for Athanasia. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to Darwin, Molly. Yeah, 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 multiculturalism <laughs> when I want. Kira's name is Kiriaki, and Eleni's name is Eleni, but her, if we were to translate it, she would be called Helen. Oh, yeah. Right. So, yeah. So, um, the twins are named after both my parents, and Nasi is named after my mother in law. Yeah. Oh. So, we went down traditional. You went the traditional oh, I was going to say, that's a traditional thing, isn't it? Yeah, we named after. Our was that hard to do? Well, you know, when you're dating, you're kind of like, oh, so uh, what's your parents' name? Because <laughs> you're just <laughs> like, oh, am I going to like this or not? Yeah. And, yeah, a little bit. And it's also, so my husband is from mainland Greece and we're from the islands. So it's different. Um, even though we're Greek and, you know, we're both the same religion and everything, traditions are can mm-hmm. be different and there can be complicated. But when mm. you merge together, you find out a happy medium and you just go with that. So, yeah, um, yeah, traditionally, yeah, we name after our parents, but yep. yeah, yeah, and here they are. I think a lot of people are so shocked by how big a Greek population there is in. Yeah. Spain. Yeah. I think we're up to 14,000 now, something mm, like that. I don't know. Yeah. You're looking at me like, I oh, know, and I, <laughs> I don't. I've got no idea. All I know is that Glenty is packed and it's delicious and that is a pretty <laughs> fair indicator of how many well, Greeks are actually in, in Darwin. Growing up in Darwin and I went to Nakara Primary School, yep. so I had a lot of Greek yep, friends Northern growing up. Mm-hmm. Still, yeah, yep. Greek friends. One of my closest friends is Greek. Yep. My husband says to me when he, um, when he goes to work, he has – I cannot even recall his name right now, but there's a concreter that was down there at the beginning of his job. Yep. He's like, they all, they cannot speak a word of English <laughs> and they are the friendliest blokes you will ever meet <laughs> and they work so hard and there's like one person that can speak English yes. and even then it is super like big accent. Broken. Big accent. <laughs> He's like, all you can hear all them going, ah, Malaka, you're Malaka. <laughs> all- <laughs> No. All day. He's like, it's so bet funny. their lunchboxes look all right. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet right. they do. Right. I bet they do. <laughs> yeah, so being Greek is a, yes, massive part of my life. Um, interesting growing up in Darwin. Um, 
How are wait, can I ask a question? How why are there so many Greeks in Darwin? I think because initially the sister cityhood has a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. So I'll generalize here, but mm. most Greeks, not all Greeks, in Darwin come from Kalimnos and we are affiliated that way with the sister cityhood. So a few came out yeah, and then they said, hey, come here, there's work. So if you're coming to Australia, which I'll explain, my mum was five when she migrated to Australia. Yeah. And they she comes from a tiny island called Gustalodizor, which Gusti. is in the Deccanese. Um, we're close to Kalimnos and um, they all migrated to Perth. So there's heaps of Cassies in Perth. Anyway, so um, they then get told, you know, my grandfather was a wharfie, so he didn't really have a lot of trade behind him. Come up to Darwin, um, there's work for you there. So my grandfather hiked up here to the red dirt with his five daughters and his wife and they were all, you know, little. I think my auntie was the oldest, 16, and my youngest auntie was two, I think, um, to the red dirt to work for PMG, which is Telstra. So um, he did that. My dad at 17 left Kalimnos and migrated to Sydney, which is where all his, you know, got told where to go. A lot of Greeks in Sydney. Yeah with his dad and his brother and some of his cousins, I think, and then just happened to come to Darwin for a little bit of a look around and work and whatever and just I think they were here for like three to six months sort of in their heads. Saw my mom, winked at my mom and <laughs> winked at that. Wow. Yeah. Love those stories. Yeah. She was married at 17. Wow. Yeah. And then had my sister at 20, and then um, we were all born five years apart after that, so yeah. I'm one of four. Yeah. Wow. And, and I think a lot probably came up after Tracy, yeah. right, because of the building and rebuilding <laughs> yeah. and all that well, too. Well, work galore. Mm. I'm actually a Cyclone Tracy baby. So my mum was eight months pregnant with me, and then we evacuated. Wow. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Mum refers to uh, us as refugees oh. at the time. She yeah. goes, we were refugees. I said, you can't be a refugee in your own country. <laughs> she goes, but that's how it felt. We had mm. nothing. Clothes mm. on our back, literally. Did your house get flattened by Tracy? Yeah, we uh, had a house on stilts and gone. Gone. So we had the bottom half, which Dad built in. Yeah. So he stayed behind a bit, helped clean up and whatnot. Mum gets evacuated with grandma, sisters, aunties, whatever. My sister went. Yeah. And um, Dad comes over to Perth just before I was born to be born in Perth. So I'm the only, that's what my siblings will tell you what's yeah. wrong with me. It's because I'm different. <laughs> yeah. So they'll say you weren't yeah, born siblings. in Darwin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's a technicality. Right? No, I can't say born, but definitely raised here. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, and then we came back two months after that and everyone just got stuck into it. Wow. I don't think you'll ever, I mean, I think, I think people have gone through something like that and, you know, still when mum and dad talk about it, it was crazy. Like I encourage everyone who hasn't, just to do a quick Google of what, like a Google image search of Cyclone Tracy yep. and actually see how overwhelming the, the city was yeah. flat, flattened. Yeah. yeah. I, I've never seen any. It looked like an, a war zone, really. I think Clearly. we were lucky because they were. it's not Christmas Eve now, so yeah. they're at my auntie's who's in a two-story. She had a, well, I wouldn't call it like a bunker, but it was a, a room downstairs next to her laundry. So they had to get from upstairs to downstairs in this mm. horrific craziness, pregnant with oh me, my gosh. everybody, and it was like a 
almost like a boiler room, right? Yeah. So my uncle, the window I think had broken and there was a mattress in there and he sat there, like mum said, for hours yeah. holding that mattress up. So and mum sat on a tin of paint because my uncle was a painter, God bless his cotton socks, oh gosh. and sat on a tin of paint and then all they kept saying is, Helen, don't have this baby. I was going to say, you'd be hoping that your waters wouldn't break in that moment. For the love of God, Helen, please don't have this baby. Wow. So stress of it. But even in Perth, when she had me, she had a male nurse who'd never delivered before. <laughs> yeah, you'd almost rather give birth oh, in your uncle's bunker. I don't know what she was thinking in the end, but she, she, I remember she's like, I got to this, me, I know what to do. She exactly said that. Don't worry, I've been through this once. I know what to expect. You and I have got this. And my dad's like, what is going to happen now? So, Wow. And that, yeah, here I am. So. <laughs> well, it obviously ticked. Yeah, he did something right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, then they came back and rebuilt their, you know, house. Mm. He, dad just. Um, did in underneath. He never built up again. I think he was still kind of traumatised. Yeah, as you would expect. Yeah, and then they bought a beautiful um, block. My mum died when Dad bought this block, but in Stuart Park, and they've been living there ever since. Yeah. So, mm, yeah. And they bought the Stuart Park shop. They did in 92. I had just finished year 12. Yeah. No. Yes, I had just graduated. Yes. Yeah. So they bought the shop. Um, my sister had got married the year before. Yeah. So dad had a um, window and aluminium business. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, unfortunately that didn't sort of work out great for him. But, you know, um, he closed that and our next door neighbours owned a supermarket and they were selling and they thought, well, let's just give it a go. Wow. My aunties had owned supermarkets as well. So they sort of had a rough idea what that would be like. Yeah. And I did that for 10 years. Yeah, at Stuart Park Shops. So That would have been oh. a busy time, like running that kind of thing. A corner store is, yeah. takes a lot of work. Yeah, and family run. Mm. So, And then eventually they got staff and whatnot. So there was a bit of pressure. Well, you got to help. you got to do this. you got to do that. And don't have to, but we wanted to. Yeah. And we benefited from it. So um, it is next level. My parents have a work ethic that is not normal. So they were opened at six o'clock in the morning and they close at nine o'clock at night. Do you oh think that goodness. comes from um, a migration background? No, I don't know. They rubbed off each other, and, you know, and that has rubbed off onto us. The yeah. four of us are exactly like that. Yeah. We all work really, really hard in our businesses. Yeah. Um, and hopefully that's rubbing off onto our children, fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, just don't expect it to roll onto you. You you want to mm. make it happen, you've got to get your hands dirty. Oh, if anyways it's going to happen, it'll be up here. Yeah. It's interesting, but for a long time, I think growing up, my parents were very strict. So I couldn't go to the movies with my friends. I couldn't sleep over anyone's house. I couldn't, and you know, it sounds all negative, but you know, we grew up best barbecues, best family gatherings, yeah. parties, very weddings. You know, that was me sleeping under the table, two chairs put together because my parents were like, oh, having a great time, <laughs> you know. So that was fine. But um, my Greek was not good. Like I could understand you, but I didn't communicate too well. I was sign languaging to my grandma and grandpa half the time and I still couldn't understand what was going on, which was shocking. But as I got older, I got to appreciate things a little differently. So um, this is where Bill enters. But um, I was, Darwin was, I outgrew it real, like in my teens, I felt like I was racing a million miles and Darwin was just sort of kind of, yeah. And I got this opportunity to move um, when I was 27. So, you know, by so that you finished stage, school and stayed in Darwin. Yeah. 
um, working in retail yeah, and was, your parents' shop and wherever else was needed? Yeah. So I, I had a retail background. I was, you know, graduated. I was going to do law. Then um, my sister got married when I was doing year 12. That was handy. Thanks. <laughs> uh, very stressful time. Big fat Greek wedding. Yeah. <laughs> 750 of your favourite. Oh friends. my god! Yeah, it was huge. Wait, I feel like that's say a very that again. Mediterranean kind of thing. Like st- my husband's family is obviously Italian, mm. and in Griffith, it's a huge Italian population. Like same thing. A lot of people still speak Italian. Like yep. I could barely understand his nonna. Yeah, and like wow. they have weddings of like twelve hundred people. Like everyone can't Who pays even for that? stay in. Can't even eat dinner in the same room. That's yeah. how many people there yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. But they still invite that number can of people. Can so relate to this. So yeah. Wait, it was the first I wedding on either side. I can't even comprehend that. So yeah. Costa's family was the same, my brother-in-law and my sister, and me. Yeah, it was huge. So they get married, whatever. Mum gets a bit unwell and I just got put off. I had a casual job and they said, look, if you want to, you know, work full time, we've got it for you. And I think I just got hooked by the money. Yeah. Know? All my friends were broken at uni and I was like, I'm going to go buy a car, yeah. <laughs> you know, so money was power to me and sort of gave me a bit of independence. Um, so, and that was fine. I kept myself busy and then I sort of, you know, I had this itch. I don't know. I'm always the butt why kid in my family. Yeah. So I kept on, you know, you know, and 27, not married, Greek. This was a bit like. So you know, not always. When you I'm not even going to try. The pressure. Just hear my. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do your no. Greek accent. Yeah. You got to right avoid it. <laughs> it's okay. I get you. I totally get it. But like, um, yeah. I, I you know, when I hit 21, you're sort of on the market. And yeah. It never happened, and it's not for saying that it. You know, I didn't try or people didn't try. It just didn't work out. Yeah. Did you cop a lot of judgment? A little bit. Mm. My aunties, pressure, 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 and they'd put that onto my mum and my mum's like, oh, you know, she's trying her hardest here, whatever. Mm. And my dad had no problem with it. Yeah, okay. None. He was cool. He'd be happy for you to just stay yeah. locked away. Yeah. And, you know, people came and asked for me. Like they did that whole, you know. We what? Went, you know and my dad's like, no. <laughs> he, I'm so grateful my dad was a quite a, is quite a forward thinker. And mum just sort of went with, you know, what was going on and, you know, monkey see, monkey do, I get it, you know. So dad was like, no, no, we're not going to, you know, if she's not interested, we're not interested. So, you know, that's fine. And then sort of come to a standstill. I had worked and then Q um, came along and that was just that opening point for me. That door was open. I went and managed the store. Promotions were, uh, you know, where was I going to go with one store? So, yeah. you know, if you want to go and do this, you know, this is where you need to be. And then my brother, God bless Ross, he was sort of that opening where he had done his bachelor in architecture here. So he was would then be a qualified draftsman and he wanted to become an architect. So he applied all over Australia, whatever, and um, RMIT, he got in on the second round and he got in. So suddenly I was like, I the world's come. opened up. Mm. And Ross is like, you know, let's see. And my mom's like, you know, so I hit up my dad and had that grown up conversation, which is my dad's, if you ever met him now, you'd think, what am I talking about? It was an extremely intimidating person. Yeah. Just do the side eye. <laughs> the eyebrow raise. Yeah. And you were like, oh, I 
I just won't, you know. Mum doesn't have to you. raise his voice. You just no, yeah. the deathly look, which yep. you know, this eyebrow that I'm doing to you yeah. right now, I've inherited that from my dad. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so it works with my kids and, and my husband. Oh, good. So, That's the main one you needed to work on. Yeah. So, um, you know, I sat down and I said, "Look, I just had an honest conversation." I said, "You know, let's face it. You know." He can't cope on his own. So I did the whole, I'm helping him yeah. in a situation. <laughs> and then I said, you know, if I'm going to be perfectly honest, I've tried, there's nothing for me here right now. I need, I need a change. Yeah. Because it just took a long drag on his cigarette, exhaled, and I said, okay, you go help your brother. <laughs> and Gala was gone. Woo-hoo. Oh my I was God. And my mom's like, what? No, <laughs> she can't leave. So two of us left at once. My oh, sister was married. She inside herself. Yeah, and then she had um, back then I think Con was all of just turning 17. Oh. So she had a teenage boy to look after and we just Go. moved to yeah. Victoria. Wow. But, so off to Melbourne you went. Yeah. Little did anyone know that I was having a long-distance relationship with my ah. husband <laughs> now uh, six months prior to that. Right. So, had you met him here or you'd met him down Glenty. there? Yeah, right. I met Bill at Glenty. You're joking. No. <laughs> did you like catch eyes over some honey puffs or were you like, did you like reach into a, a bowl of calamari and like touch hands and then no, look up at each other actually, and it was love Oh, <laughs> Molly, if only. But um, uh, he taught Greek dancing and You're still like, does. That's not calamari, it's my husband's finger. <laughs> he, um, he, moved, he came to Darwin and um, they had hired him and his dance group to come and dance. Yeah, right. So it was a how you doing kind yeah. of situation. Oh, my goodness. It, it was for me. I was like, I don't know, poor Bill, he didn't have a choice, but... <laughs> I was like, oh, zeroed in on nice. him. There it is. Yeah, I was connected. Just and had to import him numbers in. and had a little bit of chit chat and you know a bit of a dance and it's busy weekend. So watch them dance. My brother was a dancer as well, so I went and supported that. And and then it was swap numbers and then we just started texting. And then three months later, I'm like, oh, this is kind of going somewhere. And then I sort of said, oh. You know, maybe I should go and see if this is worth all the the <laughs> yeah, phone bills. The time. Oh, phone bills. We're going back in those days. I could have a flight is what I spent on phone bills. But anyway, so I went down and <laughs> worked out that, yep, the connection was there. And we were like, okay, and then waiting to see what happened with Ross. And then um, Ross got in. So, yep, moved off to Me- in 2002. Yeah, Ross and I moved to Melbourne. And, um, and Bill and I just fell into place it just worked he was 32 I was 27 we both had previous relationships that didn't work and you know what you don't want yeah so then you know that that's clear and you're very clear about what you want at that age too you know like I I wanted to have a family I didn't want to be mucked around yep children were important to me children important to him and I guess it was a no bullshit sort of situation so yeah was there a gut feeling there though 100%. Yeah, the foundation. I reckon one of the things I noticed about myself when I met Jack was that I did not have any bad gut feelings, like nothing, whereas with previous boyfriends or yeah. two of them, there was always a little niggle that I yeah. knew it wasn't right and I didn't listen to it or, you know, you're just learning. But yeah. did you think that that was the case for you? My gut was right on the money. Yeah. Yeah, right on the money. Um, He was quiet. He... um. <laughs> You know, obviously being an entertainer, that's fine. His creative side came out in that respect. He taught kids, 
you know, and that made me realize, okay, this guy's going to be a good dad because yeah. he's got patience and, mm. you know, he, he cares about what he does. And, yeah, I had an, an enormous really good gut feeling there and he got along with my brother and then he met my mom and oh, then my, you know, dad later. And um, so, yeah, I spent five years in Melbourne. And um, he was from Melbourne. Yes. So his his side of the family is from Melbourne as well. Yeah. They yep. come over from grief. Yes. So, and they, my in-laws migrated as adults. Mm. So they came over in early 30s, yep. like maybe late 20s, early 30s. Arranged marriage, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, well, here's a photo. That's what she looks like, whatever. Or we'll team you two together and yep. mutual friends. And, you know, so it was where my parents, my dad chased my mum. You yep. know, he, mm-hmm. yeah. So very different mindset. Definitely. Um, but, um, yeah, so we, they all embraced us beautifully. Um, and and my, my brother, which, which meant a lot to me because, you know, you don't have to like my family, but, yeah. you know, Ross was invited to everything, we did yeah. everything. And then I got introduced to this Greek, um, another side of being Greek, a different side of being Greek. <laughs> Much to Clemens discuss, I'm going to say this. Kalimnos is not Greece. It's just one tiny island part of Greece, you know. Greece is quite, for a small country, has a lot. Yeah. You know. It's so, a lot of history. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, we should get together <laughs> with my husband. You could talk your ear <laughs> off there. But the, being from mainland, it was different. Yeah. Um, and I suddenly was talking more Greek, uh, going to Greek parties, going to see Greek singers, embracing the culture, understanding that we were blessed because we were bilingual. Yeah. And, um, you know, even though Bill came from Oakley, which is a very Greek part of Melbourne, <laughs> signs are in Greek, street signs are in Greek, but, like, you know, it was good It was good for me. Yeah. And I also inherited in-laws that didn't speak a word of English. Mm, so, so you had Payback was there. <laughs> You know, the payback and I had to learn and it was the best thing for me. Yeah. You know. Um, Why do you think that? Because I was embarrassed to speak because people would make fun of you. And Here when you're growing up. Yeah, yeah very okay. much so. So I would just zip my lips. Mm. If I was not confident in what I was going to say, I just I would speak to you in English. So you've got a new appreciation for it. Absolutely. And they were great. They always encouraged me or correct me nicely, never in a way of, you know, making me feel stupid. Yeah. And then I would talk more and more and more. And, I mean, I went to Greek school here in Darwin, which was great. I knew how to read, write. It's the speaking part that you have to practice. It's massive, isn't it? it, Well, I would, you would speak to me in Greek. I would translate it in my head. And say it back in English. Yes. Oh, my God. That's the same with Steve. So his nonna would speak to him in Italian Mm. and he could understand it. And when he was younger, he could speak it back. Yeah. But as he got older and got other interests and everything, um, he stopped speaking it as well. Yeah. And so when we went to Italy to see his side of the family, he, well, A, the Italian that he was speaking was an old dialect that his nonna had slightly oh changed gosh. over the 50 years she'd been in Australia. So oh, yeah. it was an old Italian from where they're from. So it wasn't actual Italian. It was a dialect yeah. of Italian. And because things had changed as she was in Australia but still speaking Italian, his family still had to correct him and they'd yeah. be like, you're speaking like Reggio's, you're speaking like old people. Yeah. And they'd have a little giggle and stuff yeah. and then try and <laughs> teach him. But that language barrier, he, he got better the month yeah. that we were there, but he, yeah, he definitely wished he'd been like able you to. You have to be around it. It has to be around you. Yep. It has to be said. And forced to say it, right? But also understand Bill's parents only spoke Greek. Yeah. 
my parents learned, my dad didn't go to school here, but learned how to read, write, and speak all on his own. Yeah, right. So my mum went to school to grade seven and then everyone went out and worked, you know. Mm. So dad is just like, you know, one of those freaks where I just thought, wow, you really have made a commitment here because this is going to be your country. Yeah. Um, I suppose I didn't know it at the time, but, you know, 50-something years later, here we are still. And then, but my, like my father-in-law would say to me, you know, I I had a, a good boss who taught me, you know, chair, table, eat, lunch, you know, and then he goes, because it wasn't around me anymore and I moved sections to change jobs, I lost it. There was always that one person Mm. who knew how to speak, read, write and would fill out all the forms for them and help them. And so the unity really got me, right? Like so Mm. the camaraderie, the whole, yep, I'll help you, you need to go this, you need to do that and blah, blah. So they get by, like my mother-in-law still to this day, she'll understand you and then she'll nudge me and go, he said this, this and this, right? I go, yeah. (laughs) She's really cute. But Are they still in Victoria? So my father-in-law passed away five years ago. Mum's still well and doing great for 86, so she's still in Melbourne. And my brother-in-law and his wife and um, his two kids are there too. And yeah. then, you know, all my mother-in-law's family. She's got a huge family. Yeah. yeah. When you say dance, you're talking Greek, Greek dan- traditional oh, yeah. Greek dancing. Yeah. yeah. So I guess we're a little – we do do traditional, but we also have modernised things too. So we yeah. have different routines, different regions of Greece. And this is, I think, how I fell in love with my husband, I guess. So we have, amongst all the other things I have going in my life, um, Opera School of Hellenic Dance. So yeah. um, we perform at Glenty, we, um, Seabreeze Festival, anything really. The kids danced at Bunnings yesterday. So, yeah. and we have about 150 to 160 students. Oh my God. From two years to about 25. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a big mum hat yeah. that I wear. Um, life is very busy. So we do that every Thursday and then depending on what's going on, performances and fundraisers and, go, yeah. So we've finished classes for the year now, so I have my Thursday nights back. Yeah. But Bill's now getting the kids ready. I think there's 14 of them travelling with us to Melbourne to dance at the festival. Wow. So it doesn't end. No, no, not all. So I have three kids, I have Stomp and I have Opa. So I feel like I have five kids. Yeah. You know. And one yeah. of them is... One, but 160 others. Yeah. yeah. Big cap on yeah. top. Yeah, absolutely. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so when people say, oh, you look a bit tired, I just laugh. Okay. You have no idea. Yeah, more concealer, girl. I'm more But you gosh. obviously love being busy. You wouldn't know what to do with yourself or do you just sort of like don't know how to stop? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm an anxious person, so I do need to keep busy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we had lockdown, so yeah. moons ago, yeah, I cleaned every drawer in the house. I jigsawed my butt off. Mm-hmm. I was knitting blankets. Kids were Just having trying five to meals busy. a day. That's how well, I. Well, they're not already my- in a Greek family having five meals a day. Well, you know, sometimes <laughs> they eat a tin of tuna when life is busy. Yeah, and now they cook, so that's oh. good. Everyone cooks in our house. All five of us cook, so we have to spread the load. Yeah, so see that we starve. The older I'm getting. Uh, the more time I value the quiet. Yeah. I actually do go and sit in my room or somewhere quiet where, you know, I won't be disturbed for a bit. Decompress. Just, yeah. Yeah. And now the girls are driving. So two have got their L's and one has got her P's. So oh that's a huge help. Mm-hmm. Scary, but yeah. huge help. Yeah. So because I have so, we have so much we want to talk to you about. Yeah, yeah. So you've met Bill. You've very much become part of his family. Yep. And you got married. We Did you have 750 in- people at your wedding? 231. Oh, 
How great is that? That's a record. I didn't even tell I my parents I got married. <laughs> I had 170. Can you imagine? Yeah. Did you have the 170? Oh yeah, we had. God. We invited 200, 250 maybe. Yeah, see? Oh. Yeah. And you got married at the sailing what club, didn't when you? you? No, no, no. You we know, got married, married at St. Paul's Cathedral. Yeah. And then we had it at the museum on the grass. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. You have to. Like yes. there's obligations for, you know, yeah. who you're having and, to you know, invite. And like, get very offended when you yeah. invite them to this line in the sand, you know, and it's like, okay. So whoever invited, could come. You were invited to their wedding, so you've got to invite them to yours. Yes. yes. All of the groomsmen's parents were invited. Yeah. And to an extent, you know, a lot of who, you know, say like you know if you're like my brother-in-law now his whole family got invited and so on and so on so yeah and godparents get invited to all these things and oh. yeah so we had a, an I engagement can't even party comprehend here. it <laughs> Our engagement I party. i'm like i totally get this and then yeah, you're, yeah. Like, oh. you're right on board you're like man i'm married to an italian well, yeah, i already like- knew this from the greek community yeah and that kind of stuff so we had up our engagement here. up here we had 180 people <laughs> and then we had our wedding six months later in melbourne oh beautiful day and yeah so we got married in 2004 so we're, yeah our 20 year wedding anniversary is this january oh congrats congratulations yeah. so how long after did bub number one come along so nasia was born at the beginning of 2006 oh yep yeah so shocking pregnancies. Both. Oh no! Really sick the whole way through. Oh gosh! I was on the good ship lollipop for most of Nasi's pregnancy. I think about I good think ship lollipop. What does that mean? Dizzy. Oh and, yeah, right, right, you right. Know, like okay. um, I always got motion sickness, so I don't know if that's related to you know morning Equilibrium sickness. Equilibrium being out. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I was so sick, so oh. I had a plan in my head. Oh. You know, retail. I was managing. Q and everything was great and um seven weeks I just started vomiting oh. all day every day I oh. was like I think no such thing as morning sickness it was all day all day sickness. I think I lost eight kilos at wow. the beginning and I was really freaking out that is this going to be okay and my my doctor was brilliant he's like no no you're fine I never had to go on a drip or go into hospital yeah. you have to eat but you can't eat to no, yeah. I, I would just throw it all back up. Oh, oh my god! And then randomly I would go to Bill, oh, my God, can you go buy me a, what's that burger that Hungry Jacks have? The big Whopper. One. Oh, my God. Double Whopper with cheese. <laughs> go buy me one. That poor guy just jumped in his car so quick because, I mean, oh, I was misery guts. I could not yeah, work. I, I couldn't do anything. And um, long retail does not pay you mat leave or anything like yeah. that. So I used all my yeah. holidays and they were great. But, like, suddenly one income, no plan, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, so he ran and got that Whopper and it stayed down and slowly, I think, you know, when I was like 25 weeks, I think I started to get better. That's a long time. Yeah. And in the meantime, my sister and mum were coming down constantly to, you know, rotating and then um, they've come for the baby's birth and my sister's tapping, come on, you need to have this baby. I have to leave in a few days. How far over are we? No, I wasn't. Oh, okay. But oh, they like, were just impatient up. aunties. <laughs> it, was, it was just like, hurry up. And um, they said, if you don't have the baby by, uh, I think I was due on the 17th. I had her on the 20th. Okay. So I was fine. And the fact of being induced, I think my anxiety kicked in and I went into labor. Yeah. Good labor. Yeah. 11 hours. It was okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. She, I, um, I developed really big fibroids being pregnant. So I had a 16-centimeter fibroid in there. What's that? I don't even know what that is. So that's muscle that grows when your hormones 
So when you're pregnant, you know how your hormones change. Yes. So we've all got fibroids in there. Yeah. And um, these masses of muscles just grew, grew. I had lots of them, but the biggest one was 16 centimetres. Yeah, right. So luckily with Nasi, it was outside the uterine wall so I could have a normal birth. Yeah. Yep. Half an hour later, I said to my husband, I could do this again. So he's like, yes, great. <laughs> it, yeah, very painful, but great. Yeah. So I can relate. The Oscar's birth was like that. Yeah. I walked to my room, people were freaking out. Yeah. A couple of days later, I noticed nurses just talking and people just whispering yeah. and I've just gone to get ice chips because, you know, when you're breastfeeding, mm. ice is life. And because your nipples are so fucking sore. Oh, my God, this was such a – Is that the words that you wanted to say? That Horrible <laughs> process. I literally, pardon the pun, sucked at breastfeeding. Oh, it's not for everybody. No. And I say to them, oh, look, I'm really sorry, but I noticed a few of you were whispering and I'm really confused. Have I done something wrong or has anyone upset you in coming to my room or – I'm like, no, oh, my God, we're so sorry, but um, you're one of the very few people that we've ever come across that hasn't had an epidural. Really? So stock standard in Melbourne, everyone has an really? epidural. Really? Wow. Well, in that hospital. That's you're just like, I'm say. territory tough or whatever. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I was so confused. I said, what? She said, yeah, you're just, you know, people are now planning Caesars, not even wanting to do <laughs> vaginal births. Yeah. yeah. Um, but epidural is... Everything. Really? And I yeah, said, well, right. if I'm going to be perfectly frank, having a needle in my spine is more terrifying than popping a baby out of my vagina. So Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit I'm of that friend have, mine. I just I'm, had gas and yeah. morphine. Yes. I, if I, if, like if I had to have it, I, I had was a like, shot of pethidine to just yeah, sure, They gave but. it to me because it was overnight and have a sleep. And then I woke up and I said to my mum, I want this baby out. Let's go. Nancy's come home. She's a shocking newborn. God bless her. Um, I had a lot of tummy issues before I fell pregnant with helicobacter and all these bad bacteria. Oh, yep, yep. So she's inherited bad gut health and has silent reflux. And I could have stabbed you in the eye of how painful that process was. Yeah. So she screamed from 10.30 at night to 4 in the morning. Oh, gosh. Scream, scream. And you just, this poor baby was suffering. And one night my husband and I just, my mum was still with us. My sister had left. Um, Breastfeeding was not. Mm. Not great. Pumping, hurting, sore. Yeah. Um, Pimple telling me, um, crisis lines telling me to sing to my baby. And I'm like, I know something's not right. Yeah, you always know. So we rang the hospital around the corner and there was a beautiful doctor there who had, he wasn't a pediatrician, but he had five kids. So he said, please come. You know, sure, he'll see it's you immediately. better experience, isn't yeah. it? Mm. Yeah. So he's holding the baby, giving the baby something, and he said, you need to get onto a pedo real quick. I do suspect the baby has silent reflux from everything you've described. So I get on the phone to my sister-in-law because I knew nobody. Yeah. Right? So I'm in Darwin. I've got, you know, people that I know or not, but in Melbourne I knew no one. So I got on to um, my sister-in-law's pediatrician and <laughs> – the receptionist was Greek. I just cried. I just Aww. cried. And she said, you have to come to Cabrini. You know, our other clinic is fully booked. I said, I will be there tomorrow morning. I don't care how far away it is. So mum and I packed up and we took Nasia. And how long a process had you been going I think through? This is now probably, we're probably three, four weeks into this yep. situation. And I'm not going to regret saying this. The feeling of feeling so good of the pressure off me when I put her on formula 
I just suddenly I could concentrate on my body and not worry about this anxiety I was feeling and this pain I was in and the mastitis I got and um, and then Narcia was – you know, on this formula and then we could still see something's not right. So then she went on this special formula and high digestive, really good. And in six weeks, and she went on Zantac, and in six weeks my baby was sleeping through the night. Wow. Wow. And my mum's like, don't tell anybody. Oh. Don't tell anybody the baby's sleeping through the night <laughs> because a- everyone knew I went through hell. And it's yeah. like, what's wrong with the baby? Oh, what's wrong gosh. with the baby? Yeah. And I could have killed you because yeah, I yeah. explained it to you. And again, so anyway, so then she was the most perfect newborn. So that much first fun. three or four months I, is it, hard. I thought, work. I thought my like my mum would always say to me, she would always say to me, you know, if you have a bad pregnancy, you'll have a good birth. God's not that cruel. And I said, okay, so we had a bad pregnancy. <laughs> Good, good birth. birth. Shocking well, newborn. My understanding <laughs> was that it was now. always one of three. That's what someone said to me. You have a great pregnancy, great baby, your birth will be average. You know, if you want, you always get one. I would love of to meet someone that who's is, had it all. No, I, I definitely. Does that person exist? I don't yeah. know. So I got to enjoy Narcia. Everyone was visiting. It was great. We were getting out and about. And um, when Narcia is four months old, <gasps> got a nice little, I'm like, Oh, I don't know. I don't feel right. I feel really mm. off. And my husband <laughs> says, like, what's wrong? I said, I don't know. I just feel I haven't got a bug. So and it didn't so, even occur to you? No. Oh. No. Nah. So then I had a spare pregnancy test somewhere in the drawers and I'm fiddling around. But, like, did you think first I think, pregnancy? I, think, I, I don't know if my sister said something to me or. Did someone go, are you sure you're not pregnant? You're like, I don't, no. no. I don't know. Maybe Maria said something to me and I just didn't. And I was like, oh, whatever. Anyway, so I've <laughs> peed on the stick and ding ding. And it's very faint. <laughs> oh. But it's there. You so are I pregnant. Jumped into bed and my husband um had changed jobs and he was now working at a steel factory. So this poor bastard had to do <laughs> the shittiest work. Oh. But he had to feed a family. So he just got on with it. So and you know, I didn't really know he was on shift work and whatnot. <laughs> so I nudged him and I said, I think I'm pregnant. And he just jumped up out of bed and went, what? And because I didn't react, he just went back to bed. And then the next day he rings me because he got up early for work and, you know, he didn't wake Nasi or I. And then he rings me and he's smoker and he says, did you, did you, did you, did you just say that you think I'm, you're pregnant? And I said, no, I don't know. There's just this fine. He goes, what are you doing? And I said, well, it's raining and it's miserable. Because go get another test. And I said, well, <laughs> I don't know. So I jumped Nasia into the pram and into the car and oh, jumpers and everything later into the shopping mm. center. And I've gone to get, I thought, I'll go do some groceries. Or, and the young girl, the poor girl at the pharmacy, she's, oh my God, how exciting is this? And I, is it? Is it exciting? <laughs> how old do you think oh, this look one at is? This baby. <laughs> she goes, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I said, that's okay. And um, sure enough, bang, there it was, clear as day. On the dot. So she was four months old, I was pregnant, and everyone's excited, and I'm like, holy crap. And then when did you find out it was twins? So my sister-in-law's sister worked at a um, fetal clinic. Okay. So um, I had had all my scans done there. 
And she's like, come on, seven weeks, we'll just book you in and, you know, just check everything's all right before, you know, you make your booking with your, you know, your gone and your doctor and whatever. I go, okay, cool. I said, oh, will you look after Nasia? Because I know it's like, oh, yeah, big look after her. And um, stenographer's like, oh, you're back. <laughs> I said, yeah, that was a short trip between drinks, wasn't it? <laughs> so she's scanning and scanning and chatting and chatting and then radio silence. What is going like, on? Uh-oh. And then I look up and I can see circle, circle. And she's gone very serious, clicking, clicking, clicking. And I said, um, this too. <laughs> is that what I think it is? <laughs> and and she goes, wait, she was smart. She listened for heartbeats. <laughs> yeah. And then she goes, two heartbeats, great. You're having a fraternal pregnancy, two sacs, two placentas. This is great. And uh, tears are running. I'm not even oh, – the information is going straight over my head. Just totally overwhelmed. Running, so overwhelmed. Yeah. And super fertile Gella <laughs> with her – I should have known though. Like I, I actually thought Nasia were t- was twins oh, okay. because my dad's mum was a twin. Yeah. And my grand, my mum's mum had a set of twins and one passed away in, in childbirth. So none of the cousins, nobody else. It had to hit somewhere. Yeah. Ding, ding. <laughs> we had played a joke on Vicky previous pregnancy. Payback is, you know, Bill had said, oh, you know, it's twins and let it go all day thinking it's twins. <laughs> and then I've come out with the photos, bloodshot eyes. She's holding my baby and I've gone, Vic, Payback's a bitch. And, and she goes, <laughs> oh, she burst into tears. She's like, oh, my God. And then I was like, okay, so now I've got to ring my husband and get this ball rolling and um, I've never been to his work so I had to get, you know, and he goes, you're playing a joke on me because this is payback and I'm like, see my name. I wish. <laughs> there yeah. it is. Yes, this is fantastic. And I'm like, mm, yep. <laughs> so let's ring my mum and my sister. So they were anxiously waiting at my sister's house to see, you know, because my sister goes, I bet you. And I'm like, nah, whatever. <laughs> and then we're like, oh, my God. And then um, – yeah, mum rang dad and he was at the Greek club going, of course it is. Of course she's going to have <laughs> No twins. worries, whatever. Yeah, whatever. It's all good. So, and then decisions had to be made real quick. Like, you know, Bill wasn't in a job he loved. Yeah. I needed a support system. Wow. So that was the catalyst. Yep. Yeah. 100%. To come home. And the thing was, right, like, you know, I couldn't expect them to keep coming to me. And no, I didn't expect them. They wanted to come and that was fine. But let's face it, I was going to be outnumbered. So I we made some tough decisions, which I, you know, it was all from Bill really because I was like, well, how do you want to keep working at this steel factory? What are we going to do? Yeah. And there was, you know what Darwin's like. It's so great for that. If you 100%. want to find a job, it's impossible to be unemployed in this town. Yeah. So um, he said, okay, let's do a three- to five-year plan. But was it hard for him, aside from obviously in his mind he needs to look after you and his girls and um, his, his his immediate family, but given such a big family and, and so in Melbourne, how hard was that, especially with the family, to Huge. accept I think, it? I think my mother-in-law was devastated. But yeah. My father-in-law, he had a really good take on it. He said, you've got your own family now. Just like I had to make decisions and leave my family to come to another country, Yeah, you need to do what's right for mm. you, Gala, and your babies. And he goes, we will always be here. And it might be just a little bit that you go for or, and, you know, you've got nothing to lose because, you know what, let's face it, Gala needs help that would have been a and her family yeah. and I think with that blessing Bill was like okay three to five year plan yeah cool 
So we get here, Nasia turns one, and then a couple of months later, or actually, yeah. Two months. Yeah. I had the girls in March. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, no, four weeks later. So Nasia is 20th of, of February and 13th of March. Here they come. <laughs> And that was stressful. That was a really different birth. Um, Can I ask, was the pregnancy, like, was the sickness worse because there was double? Yeah. Yeah, I was really sick. Yeah. And stressed, you know. I had the baby's christening to do. Then we had to pack house. Is that another Greek or is that something that you wanted to do or is that pressure from family to christen the baby? Yeah, well, yeah, I wanted to do it before because I get dunked in a you know, yeah. before she was too big and it's a very forceful d- yeah, <laughs> dunk, it's yeah. a bit of a dunking. And and then, you know, her godparents were in Melbourne, so it was easier for them too. And True. we wanted to do that. And then everyone came, it was like the last hurrah. And it was a bit of a goodbye for us as well. So yeah. we got to catch up with other family as well. And then we did that. And then we packed up our whole life in a 40 foot container and um, got here. And the first, I think it was the 17th of December. And Bill goes, if that truck doesn't get here today, we're going back because Bloody hell, it's hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, we're in the build-up, mate. What did you want? You get through this, you'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. And it was good that we arrived at that time because we appreciated the dry when it came. So build up with, you know, two in cargo, one holding. I mean, come on, it was full on. Mm. So when I actually went into labour, I, I had Eleni um, vaginally and Kira emergency Caesar. Because oh. of those damn fibroids. Oh. Right. So I had lots of them and there was an 11 centimetre one in the womb. So this blocked the birth canal and right. Kira was, um, I think Andrew put it like this to me. I think he let me settle for a couple of days and he said, see this grey hair? This has got your name on it, young lady. You are never having, you are Caesar all the way. Really? No more natural births for you. He was stressing. Well, when they say to you, well, it was good, we didn't have to resuscitate her, I shut myself. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So Kira came out, like, you know, so Eleni came out, she got taken, I saw her quickly, and then my contractions started to stop. When Mm. I say start to stop, slow down, and I couldn't feel this intense pain. And I had lost a lot of, you know, I was numb from, I mean, you know, no injections or anything, but I'd lost a lot of muscle you know, it was a lot of pressure. So the time, you know, Andrew's gone in to try and get her out and he goes, she's stuck. I was already rigged up. Let's run, go. Um, I'm on the, you know, you know, I said to my husband, you know, you know, I'm going. He's like, oh, great, I'll scrub up too. And Andrew's like, no, because it was going to be messy. He goes, and Bill did not leave that door. He just stood behind that door and waited. Because is there a time frame that they have to get the second out? Yeah, yeah. And why is that? Because it's she, I don't think she could breathe. Yeah, I suppose it'd placentas be the are going fluid everywhere, and everything. cords yeah. are everywhere. So, and you know, the anaesthetist is told, "Yep, we're just going to calm you down and get you under." And Andrew's yelling out, "Put her under now!" So I'm like, 10, 9, putting myself yeah. under. Let's go." Yeah. Um, Kira's born. She comes out crying. Everything's fine. I don't see her for a couple of hours because I did not react well. So oh. imagine me uh, not really speaking a lot of Greek. I wake up from GA. I was under a general city. Mm. I wake up from GA and I start screaming in Greek. And my husband goes, oh, my God, Whoa. like what is going on? So they put me under again and then slowly got me out. And then I saw the girls probably 
two hours after being born, oh which gosh. is really weird, mm. right? Because Nasi went straight on me, yeah. skin to skin. So it was a very different feeling. Um, because I had such a hard time breastfeeding also, the girls didn't have any colostrum or anything. I formula was packed. Yeah. I didn't want to go through what I had went through. Fair enough. Well, and that decision is yours 100%. and yours alone. There was no backlash from any nurse. And nor should there be. Very different when your first birth, you know, yeah. breast is best and this and that, and you give it a red hot crack, that's yeah. fine. But the second time around, everyone's like, yep, we've already fed them actually. Great. Yeah. My sister knew and I said I was onto it. And then the, even in the circumstance I was, I couldn't move. They brought me the babies put them either side of me, great, and then put them in the cribs next to me and I couldn't even move my oh. arm to touch them. I was a mess. Yeah. And then um, they took them to uh, the nursery that night and then the next day the nurse comes in and she was really like tough and strong. I loved her. I said, hey, help me get all this crap off. I'm done. So she's like, I like you. Mm. Got me in the shower, <laughs> stripped everything off me, yeah. got all the drips off me. I said, I've got two babies God, too. midwives are the best. I remember after Oscar's birth, I had blood all over me because I birthed him on the floor and I just was like literally just sitting in it. She was amazing. She came in and like all the blood from out of my toe, they were like in the grooves of my toes, like yeah. scrubbed me down. Yeah. They're just the most beautiful, selfish, okay. selfish, selfless people. Yeah. Well, I was really fortunate. My sister should have been a midwife. She had talent like no other. Yeah. And she was brilliant through both births. Yeah. So she, that was great because I could see Bill was going a bit pale a couple of times and Marie was sort of all over it. And, um, and she was there with you? Both times. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and then everyone, or you know, with um, Kira, nobody came in, which I wasn't even there essentially really. Mm. So, and then they took over and then um, uh, got everything off and bottles onto the girls. They had the silent reflux, shock horror. Mm. Um, they were on medication and different medication for a lot longer. But, you know, Kira um, slept through the night at nine weeks and Eleni at 10 and wow. happy days after that. Because you, you knew did, what to, you knew the signs already. Did you, uh, how, do you think that it was just them that they slept through so quickly or do you think that like, oh yeah, okay. You're sure, like you uh, just. I don't know. I think once they were medicated and you know, um, formula was fine. Kids were fine. Our biggest thing was we were outnumbered. I was outnumbered by little people. Yeah. You know? So it was a production line to get everyone fed, to bath, to, you know. And so thank God for my mom and my sister. I never, ever regretted coming back. Because, yeah. I mean, I'd be in my pajamas till two in the afternoon and then mum would be like, what are you still doing in those? Go and have a shower. Yeah. You know, she'd come every day, help cook a meal and just contact with an adult. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. Or someone wanting to cuddle them for a while. Great. I'm just going to go. Shower, wash my hair. Yeah. Um, or cook a meal or this, yeah. the you know what I found though? <laughs> the supermarket was my nightclub. Yeah. My sister would take me to the supermarket every night just to get out of the house. Yeah. Without the kids. Yeah. 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 Especially when we were going through the phase of them not sleeping. So they would sleep through the day and whatnot, and then 10 30, 11 o'clock it would start. Mm. And so Nasia was sleeping through the night in her own room and Bill and I had a rocker either side because they wouldn't be in their cribs and we would just go for it all night. Um, and then God, finally, <laughs> and then when the girls were about six weeks old, my in-laws came to stay for about six weeks. And stay with you. Yeah. So that was hard too because you just don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but it was a tough time. 
Yep. Uh, and they were great. They took Narcia, they cooked, they cleaned, they did anything to make Gala's life easy. Yeah. But there were still other two people in the house. Yeah, you know? 100%. So, um, and, you know, it was fine. And when they left, the girls were more you know, settled. You know, by that stage, we'd sl- they'd be started to sleep through the night. And then I was everywhere. I was at the supermarket with them. I was at Casuarina. I was at Palmerston. I had my big-ass massive pram with the third seat on the front. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I feel like I got a bit of my life back. And then they became toddlers. Yeah, it happens fast, doesn't it? Blows your mind. Toddlers is a next level crazy. Yeah. When you say you're outnumbered, did you find it difficult to remember who you were before having them when you have three under two? Three on one. Three on one. Three on one, yeah. Yes, because I'd always been independent and I was 31 years old, 32 mm. by the time of the girls. And then suddenly there were three humans I could not control. <laughs> My hair was constantly in a top knot and I don't even <laughs> know. <laughs> And I didn't brush my hair. I brushed my teeth. And I, you know, I also was, a, I am a beauty therapist by trade. So I would always cleanse and this and that. Now everything went out the window. Mm. And I kind of lost myself. And I look at photos now and I'm thinking, oh my you God. You don't recognize her. No. She was just surviving. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. She was just surviving. And she, you know, there's that people pleasing element in there sometimes too. Um, but you know, I think when they when control started to come back, so did Gala. I yeah. Think, you know, and that was fine. And that came with them getting older. Yeah. So, you know, I hadn't worked in a while. I opened a beauty room at home and just did that for my sanity. I did that at night because the girls went to bed like clockwork. Yep. Bill would take care of the rest if someone woke up and wanted something and I had my clients come through at night. At night is not a bad – like Loved that it. works within people's work hours. They just pop by once yeah. they've done their bath and yeah. bed routine. Ironically, I'd be giving you a facial or, you know, whatever and that would be fine. But uh, that's me. I'm a nurturer. I'm a giver. Yeah. I did get – it got a bit funny a couple of times Bill would look at me and go, I don't understand why you're reacting like this. Can you imagine – three sets of hands touching you constantly. Oh, yeah. Yep. And um, Bill, guys don't get it. No. So he was like, what? I said, oh, just stop touching me. You know, I just needed a minute, you know, like you had an audience to go everywhere, yep. <laughs> you know, and all Literally, those, yeah. you know, shower and toilet, <laughs> whatever. And you, yeah, you can really, yeah, it was a tough time. Yeah. And then when they became toddlers, I was really outnumbered. And I remember a couple of times, especially when Bill would come home and find me in the fetal position in the kitchen floor. <laughs> yeah. And I'd grab him. I said, don't think they're cute. They're terrorists. <laughs> they're they're yeah. going to kill me. I yeah. just, I can't do this. And they would, and he's like, what did you do to your mother? And then bing, everybody would just go flying <laughs> in the opposite direction. And, um, you know, they, you know, they were good kids. They were normal kids. I just was not used to it. Yeah. It's a lot. It's at a once, lot. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and, you know, even when we would say go to the markets or something and have the three kids on the pram, whatever, they would say, I mean, do you get these stairs a lot? I said, oh, you get the freak out stare. Yeah. They go one, two, three, all little. Oh, ugh. Yeah. yeah you know? <laughs> and I was like, you're getting the freak out circus stare. Yeah. I said, it's only three kids for crying out loud. Yeah. It's not like, you know, we had quads or whatever and, mm. you know, there's more than three. Yeah. But it f- essentially felt like triplets a lot. I was just, I was literally, you just took the words out of my mouth. You may as well have had triplets. 100%. You know, everywhere we went, are you three triplets? And then we're like, the kids would get so frustrated. No, we're twins and she's a year older. 
<laughs> Which then everyone still's doing the math. And, and then well. they're looking at you going, Jesus, and then you, you get didn't the head muck around. From a mum, you get their head to because they yeah. do the math. Even yeah. to this day when yeah. I say I've got two 16-year-olds and a 7-year-old, everyone's like, <gasps> <gasps> yeah. Oh. And I'm like, yeah, you with me now? Cool. <laughs> That's why I run to work. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about Stomp. You own Stomp Shoes. Yeah. It's on Nucky Street in the middle of Darwin City. It is a rainbow of shoes, bags, now clothing. Yeah. And you're a huge supporter of many different events around Darwin. I know I got to know you really well when I worked at the Turf Club and you helped me um, dress Hannah West and Lily North and all the other ambassadors who um, are lucky to work with you. Why did you decide to buy Stomp? You've had it for 11 years now. Yeah. So the store is at 18 and we've had it for 11. So the previous owner, Andrea, and I were friends from – I don't know, since I was 15. So we'd worked together in many retail outlets and um, she rang me one day and I was living in Melbourne and she said, oh, I think I'm going to open a shoe shop. I was like, oh, great idea. Yeah. And we'd all, always worked in fashion, in clothing. And she goes, a niche market, I think I'm going to do it. Tell me all the shoe brands you buy from. So yeah. I was like, da 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 And then that just opened a floodgate of information and whatnot. And I think, um, yeah, she opened that in um, late 2005. So, yeah, we're turning 18. And um, she then went on to, you know, open this business and so on. And every time I came back, I would go and shop from her. And then when I moved back, um, come work for me. Come work for me, come work for me, come work for me. Because you gravitate towards people that you've worked with before and are like-minded, right? Absolutely. And we had the same training and the same work ethic and I was like, don't be stupid. Can you, You're holding two babies. You can't even balance these two and I'm balancing the third. I can't come and work for you. And she's like, yeah, yeah. Then one day I um, rang her and I said, do you have a job? I really could just do with one day a week. Yeah. She's like, mm, let me get back to you. And one day I just got this random phone call from her and said, um, I've got to go away for work and can you come work all day on Friday by yourself? And I'm like, sure, but don't I need to be trained? Yeah, just come in on Tuesday and we'll muddle our way through it. <laughs> I was like, okay, um, these are where the lights are. This is where this is. This is the computer and this is how you do that. Great. Here's a key. Have fun on uh, Friday. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> I was like, what? So Friday came and I got all excited and got dressed up, took the kids to school and off I went and got into such excitement. I missed the speed camera, got a spine to welcome me into working world and um, I had a ball, made some money, that felt you good about myself. you had to pay a ticket with. Yes, that was fun. I revealed that to Bill later after all the excitement. Oh, well. One day turned into every Friday because mm-hmm. the kids were in Castle, you know. The kids are in care every Friday if you want. Oh, really? Okay. So that happened and then one day turned into two days. It was Tuesdays and Fridays. And then all the meantime though, you know, as we were working together, you know, if you ever want to buy this shop, you just let me know. That comment would come out and I would just laugh at her and I'd be like, whatever. And then the kids started full-time school and by that stage I was having a few health problems with all this fibroid backlash. I didn't really want to go on certain types of contraception. They didn't really work for me. Um, And then through 
uh, working out what was good for my body, I still started producing a lot more fibroids. So Andrew and I and Bill had the conversation of, you know, um, clamping tubes, clamp tubes. My body still thought it was pregnant. So I started to look pregnant, feel pregnant, but not pregnant. So I started to feel morning sickness, little belly, and then, um, you know, we tried a marina and that was just not for me. I turned into a psycho. Yeah. I'm calling myself a psycho. No one else had to. Mm. It did not work for me. What happened? I just would have the temper of all tempers. Wow. And it lasted initially a couple of days, two days a month, and then it started to turn into 10 days a month. And then I rang Andrew and begged him to remove it. And then we clamped tubes after that. That didn't work. And then we had to have the, you know, like fibroids everywhere now again. And do you want any more children? Well, Bill wanted four, I wanted two, and we were blessed with three. So I was like, I'm kind of done. Bill, if you want us to have another baby, We've got to do it now, basically. So yeah. I was going to go in, have them all surgically removed, which was a lot of work. There were lots of them. And I guess because the girls were now, you know, a year and a half old, two, Bill, like in the thick of terrible twos, mm. Bill was like, no way, <laughs> done. I said, you sure? Because this is permanent. So, I, yeah, I had a hysterectomy. Wow. I was 37. Was yeah. that hard to get your head around? You know, actually, I just wanted my body back. Yep. I was fine with it. Yep. I was content with what I had. I wanted girls. I got girls. I got two for the price of one and it, life was fine until recovery. So hysterectomy went very well. So hysterectomy is when they take everything. I've, so to be clear, I've still got my ovaries. Yeah. Everything else is gone. Yeah, right. So no fallopian tubes, no womb, no nothing. Yeah. So I still produce some of my own hormones. Yeah. I didn't have to go on hormone replacement or anything like that. Fine. So And they left the ovaries there for that reason. Yeah. So you wouldn't have to do it. Yeah. Okay. So he said, there's no need to do this. You will still menopause like everybody else, blah, blah, blah. So like, mm, great. Yeah. <laughs> Recovery was not good. I learned really quickly that I don't cope well when I'm incapacitated. Yeah. Right. So I'm ho- I'm not a horrible patient, lovely to everybody, whatever. I just didn't cope with not, you know, they say 12 weeks. D- yeah, the first six were hell. Um, you know, I think for the first four, I just laid on the couch, miserable. Mm. And my mom again saved the day. My sister, my mom, my husband, they took care of the kids. The kids were bigger, um, to school, this, that, clean, you know, whatever. I was walking around like an old lady for a while. Eight weeks, I thought I was back on the treadmill just gently. Mm. 12 weeks, I, yeah, we went on, we all went on a family holiday to Bali for my dad's 70th. And I just started to feel myself. Yeah. I'd lost a lot of weight after the twins. And sciatica, thank you for coming after the, yeah, through the twins. Um, And then so I had to manage that and I lost a lot of weight. So I was fit and ready. And then this came along and it just threw me. So I got quite depressed actually. And then Bill did his back and he was hospitalized. So he got me who couldn't even drive. Bill in hospital, three bulging discs (gasps) and a... Something nerve, pinch nerve. Yeah. So, God, he would have been. Yeah, yeah, it was nightmare, and we didn't cope well with not functioning, and depression kind of kicked in. And then I, um, I went and got some counselling. Yeah, she was brilliant. Um, I'm a big advocate for that. Yeah. Yeah, I had I had some counselling just 
from needing it for work ages ago. I just, I've never had anxiety, never suffered from it, but it was just this one period that at time that I just couldn't, I was just constant in a state of dread and just hated it. And so, yeah, like they offered free services through work that you can like access and go and talk to someone was the best thing. Just some coping mechanisms, even just talking to someone who you weren't related to. Completely. (laughs) Yeah. Who can't just offer you the same thing over and over. Exactly. It was good for me. It was good for our marriage uh, and it was good all around. And then I started to find my way back. And then when we got back from Bali, I just went, okay, I want to do something for me. So then I hit up Andrew and I said, okay, I'm ready. So the look of horror through her. (laughs) And I was like, what's wrong? You don't want to do this anymore? Uh, Yeah. Oh, this means she had to commit to her decision as well. So six months later, we sort of come to a point and then we did it in, um, yeah, November 2012. So, and then, wow, I can't believe it's 11 years. I had a really good employee, which I inherited. I had Dom, so I was lucky and I was able to work school hours, still while figuring my head around everything. And then um, Dom happened to be with me for four years and she was with Andrew for five and then she left and she moved and then this forced me to step up and really learn everything. Didn't have to pass it on, Mm. you know. I didn't have a PA anymore. I had to, you know. When I bought the business, I didn't know how to copy and paste anything. I didn't know how to send an email. I didn't know how to do anything. I looked at the computer like it was my enemy. Like I just, <laughs> I was so scared of that thing. And so, you know, self-taught a lot of things. Yeah. Um, people teaching Grab me the things. Bull by the horns. 100%. 100%. And I'm not embarrassed to say that because I just think, you know, if you really want something, then you make it happen mm. and then you've got to learn. So now they're like, oh, this doesn't work. Flick this, do that, do this, do that, and we're, <laughs> we're there. You know, and when you hire people, you learn from them as well. So I had yeah. 20-year-olds t- teaching me how to put, you know, mood boards together and, you know, do this advertising and print that and, so and help me set up from them, MailChimp. Yeah. And mm. um, yeah, That's it's awesome. great. And some of them had, you know, um, very technical backgrounds. So they helped me with Instagram and Facebook. And That's so fantastic that you were willing to do that because a lot of not a lot, but there's certainly certain mm. types of people there, owners of businesses or managers and so on that don't want to take that from a person in a lower position. Yeah, I think everyone brings something to the party. I mean, initially I probably hired you because of your personality and, you know, you had a passion for shoes, great, let's go. And then everyone has taught me something at some point, which is great because no iron team and it takes a village. Yeah. And we tried things and I failed at a lot of things. I mean, you know, a waste of, like money, I think, oh, my God, I couldn't have not just made that decision or <laughs> had I known this magazine was going to fail and all that advertising I did was a waste. But it's part of it. Or I style a shoe up here. Oh, my God, it's the worst fit ever and there's $1,000 down the drain. And Or, you know, you survive a pandemic. You literally, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there have certainly been ups and downs oh you my faced God. and stuck it out as well. That was the weirdest time to be a business owner. Yeah. I was in the fetal position drinking two bottles of wine a week. I yeah. never drink wine. I yeah, drink it's wine. A, it was a hard time. <laughs> Very stressful time. And, you know, and my husband, I'm such a positive upskill and he's negative Nancy, right? He's like... Or like he likes to say, I'm realistic. <laughs> so Bill was like, right, measuring the garage. I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, right. So we pack up everything and we put it in the garage 
go, why? Where are we going? He goes, well, you know, you could lose your lease and, you know, no customers are going to come. I go, well, so why are we going to stare at it in the garage? What are we doing? I was freaking out. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, you need to calm down. I'm sure there is, everyone is in the same position as us who owns a business. So let's just see what Fair help jets. we get and what we do. And, and every day I just, you know, I had released the staff because I didn't know what to do. So everyone went home and I just worked for about seven weeks by myself all day, every day. In this time, I had implemented a new POS system, so I just get myself busy. I created this online store and I linked it to my POS, and um, I was essentially stock-taking and putting it all through and hoping to God that one day the staff would come back and I could teach them how to use it. So the time was interesting to get that done. There was a lot of pity purchasing. Totally. <laughs> Everyone came in pity purchased. Thank you, God. <laughs> um, so many businesses did close. Yeah, yeah. it was, it's you know, bizarre, we spoke about yeah. it last week Something like about um, with Kayla, one of the girls who we've interviewed and the impact of her whole family, lockdowns on her whole family. Granted, it was in Victoria, but it's still. Well, see, that's it. It was we, horrible. We had contact with our family and they were all just going crazy so we felt like we were in this little bubble and people were still spending to a degree when things sort of became a little bit safer and we sort of knew a bit more Mm. and then tourists you know Perth would come and we would go and then probably burnt a hole in the ceiling where I sleep where I'm you know stressing every night my husband's fast asleep and I'm staring like he sleeps through crisis and I just stare yeah it was a really interesting time but you know here we are at the other end of it you've made it through yeah and I honestly I didn't know which way it was going to go at one point Thankfully, we weren't in copious amounts of debt. Yeah. Um, but what I did manage to do through that is put the money in the right place when I did get it and then cautiously worked my way back. Yeah. Um, when I when I bought the business, it was essentially just lady shoes. Yeah. Right. So I didn't change anything for a while. Um, granted, a lot of people thought I was still Andrea. That was funny. <laughs> Oh, yeah. God. Um, and then, yeah, actually three years later she opened Mesa and everyone sort of I love Mesa. I was so sad when yeah. Mesa shut. Yeah. yeah. I really struggled even so thinking about it today. she's there, I'm here, we can't be the same person, so <laughs> let's get a hold of that one. So, yep, fine. So that was three years later. <laughs> Like a block away too yeah, as well, yeah. yeah. And we'd run things down. I've run out of sticky tape. Hey, do you have any shopping bags? <laughs> Great neighbour. Actually, I am very blessed on the street. We are surrounded by brilliant people. You know, like. You know, when you live at home and you're thankful for the neighbours, it's the same thing with the business. It's yeah. no different. You know, I've got Darlene down the road. I've got Gertrude and Mark. I've got Lisa right next to me. Sylvia across the road. Sylvia is brilliant. And then, you know, we've got Dwin who's now moving into the corner. That's all happening. Yeah, Delaney's moved. Yeah, so that's happening. And we've got Russell and um, Marion at Harvest. Yeah. We've got a great little community. It is good. Nice We're about sure. to get new neighbours now right next door. Bjorn is opening a new um, I don't know what that's going to be, to be honest. Yeah. I think that that Austin Lane space in the city is really, yeah. really exciting. Yeah. There's um, there's a lot happening down and there. You know what? Everyone, what COVID did really recognise is that we are, a lot of us, owner-operated. Mm. And when the chips were down there, we all were, you know, and we are all giving each other solace and advice and mm. help and information and you, I think it bonded us even more to be honest mm. um and yeah so I'm pretty blessed yeah on our street um and then yeah so then I introduced men's shoes kids shoes 
uh, the, uh, the glass house and then now and now we've got clothing. Yep. So there is not one bit of wall <laughs> that has escaped me. <laughs> and then it's like, do you look at a bigger place? Well, yeah. So uh, there's conversations happening. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we renovated and my landlord renovated at the beginning of the year. So we've got a new shop front. I had done inside. Yeah, and now it's it's we're at a point now we're thinking, okay, how far do we take it? It's pretty cramped in there. It so, is. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. It's it great. Can, it like can it's be great. Sensory it's overload. beautiful, but um, I often walk in, I go, I wonder when Gil is going to expand. Yeah. So but then you've always got more more space to I know. fill. That's yeah. half the problem, oh, isn't it? No, sometimes? that's that's okay. I can fill it. Pretty good at filling it. In that eleven years, obviously you guys had the three to five year plan, see how you go coming back to Darwin. In that time period, how uh, close to leaving have you been? So the three years went in a blink. Yeah. And I said, oh, babe, because I'm very much in numbers. I keep track of everything. I said, oh, we're at three years. He's like, so he had gone through two jobs at this point that were when he hurt his back, I think that he had to lifestyle change. So we we probably could have moved then, but – I think because um, we were still paying off our house and we were living in the townhouse, he didn't really, and I still needed help more than ever because they were just running ragged, these kids. Mm. So he, Bill had then joined um, the Halikos group. Mm-hmm. So he works for NT Fasteners and has been there now 14 years. And he found something he liked and was good at and I could understand that. Yeah, I was like, okay, why would I take you away from a job you like? Totally. You're excelling. You're and you were happy well. here. Being here too. Uh, I had a melting, a, a, a meltdown probably just before the three years. Yeah. Okay. A full-on meltdown. Yeah, I'm done. Let's go. I wanted to go. Yep. I was out. I didn't, um, <laughs> and I don't think it's Darwin's fault. I think it was the loss of my identity more so mm-hmm. and being a mum was new to me <laughs> and hard. Yeah. And I'd always worked. So this whole, oh, my God, being outnumbered by little um, – I remember distinctly because it was my mum and I and I forgot my nephew was in the room and he was old enough to understand what was going on. And then he went back to my sister and said, honey girl, I had a meltdown today. She said this. Did she now? <laughs> my sister was like, what? We've all given up so much to help you and you're being – I just was – and I had to explain to her, you know, I just – I'm not coping. Yeah. And then she said some really interesting advice was, you know, some of us, we're not fortunate for our husbands to be able to support us while our children are little. Bill is willing to do that for you. You can afford to – yes, it's tight. It was very tight. But you didn't have to go back to work when your son was five or six months old because – well, fundamentally, we needed the money, mm. right? And, you know, she goes, so suck it up, girlfriend. Go to the um, parties in the park and your play dates and your this and your that. Do all that because you'll blink and your kids will be, you know, going to school before you know it. And she was The days on. are long but the years are yeah. short. Smack on. Mm. So I did embrace it and change my attitude and I became a little bit more grateful. Um, I was always grateful to them for the help and I yeah. was always open about that. But they obviously got offended when I was like, I hate this place. Yeah, you get in your head, don't you? It was nothing to do with Darwin. It was yeah. where my life was going. Totally. And I had worked really hard to leave Darwin, like in the situation as I was growing up with my parents and my dad and, and my mum. So 
you know, I cried like a baby to come back because I had built this life yeah. and I liked my life. I loved my life. Yeah. I loved what I was doing within the company I work for. They appreciated me. I was happy. I loved Four Seasons. I loved choice. And then coming back here, things were different. Mm. In hindsight, we say it all the time because, you know, the fifth year came back, Bill was still loving a job. So, well, Marcy's got to go to school. What do we do? No, I'm happy. Okay, you're happy. I'm happy. All right, fine. You know, I started working for Andrea. Things were fine. On the sixth year, we bought the business. And then everyone goes, ah, they're not going anywhere now. Yeah. Maybe. They might They might leave still because they haven't really done anything else. But, oh, she's bought a business now and he's working. They'll stay. So get into this business and, you know, retail is very cyclical, so pretty much a three-year up and down. And, and you would we have were, been through the GFC. We were going through owner, the Darwin's we own downturn yeah. and all that. Yeah. And my husband's like, oh, how are you today? Busy? No, not busy. How are you today? Oh, it's pretty quiet. Oh, taking less than last year. Then the freak out starts, you know. And then I started making subtle changes and then- What were the changes? Introducing new product. Yeah. Like a, a little small range of men's, small range of kids, the candle. I had to diversify. Totally. Believe it or customer. not, shoes are not enough. Yeah. No way. At Christmas time, people walk straight past us. I'm like, what is going on? Why wouldn't you want to buy all this great stuff in here? Well, yeah, not really. You'd buy it yourself, but maybe not for a gift. Now it's different mm. completely. So changes, which were scary. Social media comes into play. We have a presence there and, and we start making that bigger. And then um, up until recently, uh, we now have, you know, the website, which was sort of dwindling. Um, I've hired someone and it's now, you know, great. It's, mm. You know, not it's got plenty of growing room, but it's doing better. Yeah. And they, oh, you know, let me be very clear. I'm a competitive person, mm. but not to you, to me. Yeah. I'm competitive against myself. So when I'd see last year's figures, I'm like, right, here we go. And this is my challenge is to, you know, make X amount over or do what we got to do. And and that's fine, but um, I did pop up. I did pop up at Katerina. You go um, to Catherine once a year? Catherine is one of my highlights of my year. Yeah. It's a week. Well, this year was two weeks. Yeah. But it's a week away from my family. <laughs> um, surrounded <laughs> by. Needs. Yeah. That's surrounded right. Nothing by wrong with that. The best people yeah. I've ever met in my life. Yeah. Catherine's great. What a town. Yeah. And, you know, they are big bear hug meet and greet you you know everyone yeah. by name yeah oh you're back again it was a little bit funny at the beginning i've gone six years now yeah um so very- you take all sorry i know that this has no context you go to Catherine, you pack your van up and you go to Catherine um for the Catherine races which are the biggest weekend of the year next to the show in Catherine, and you sell shoes and fascinators and bags yeah so yeah basically a mini version of stomp in yeah a random location yeah and um, it's not a van, it's a six-metre truck. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> 100 cartons <laughs> that I take Yeah, because I like them to have variety. Yeah. And, and I, I imagine so many in the town are so grateful for that as well so that are. they don't yeah. have to 
order online and yeah. then potentially having to send it back if it doesn't fit. If or you think work. Darwin's order, if, yeah. If you think Darwin's an internet town, no. Yeah. I've seen nothing. Catherine's another level, mm. especially then they don't have to drive three hours to come here. Yeah. It's there. So essentially, I went there to check it out and I didn't want to step on anyone's toes. So there were a couple of boutiques there and some that sell shoes and whatnot. So I was very conscious of no brands the same, no this the same, mm. offer something different. That was That's the whole point of going. You, yeah, oh, right. I'm not, I, I was in it for the long haul. So I'm thinking I wouldn't want this done to me. Yeah. Um, some people, and I'd advertise on social media and uh, we got a great response. Um, however, there are a few people that are very protective of their town, but they don't speak on behalf of everyone. So I would see this, you know, little comments on, you know, but the money's going elsewhere and she's not local. So then I started yeah. hashtagging territory proud <laughs> and i was like well that's what i am i'm a territory yeah, absolutely. so um and a lot of people just said don't you know block out the noise and I yeah, think the 100%. last two visits i went i had nothing nothing like that which is great yeah. so i've proven my i've got my stripes on my yeah right now and i'm thinking all right but i have made the best friendships with these that's wonderful. fantastic people and um and then they would come and visit me and then you know there's that rapport going and it's just beautiful what a town i'm so and that was scary you know like to sit and be in a hotel by myself in the middle of, you know. So Bill would come with, um, you know, essentially we did it with our kids to begin with and then, you know, the, the stock started getting more and more. So we you know, had a moving crew that I would have for the weekend and then we would drive, unpack it, do it all up, and then I would either essentially um, shut and start the next day or trade that day and then Bill and the crew would drive back to Darwin and then uh, a week later they would come, I would pack it down, they would pack it and then we would come and put it back. Yeah. So it's always a highlight of my year and I think and I think it's special because um, I try to be consistent and, um, you know, trusting, you know, and offer something that – and I actually got to go to the races this year and I had a great time. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun. It's a great day. Yeah. It I, really is. Yeah. And I just think – I think it's know, great to see the town come alive for that yeah. event and the show. It really – the town has a real nice buzz about it. Absolutely. I would love to get down there for the show, but that's always around Our Ladies' Day and I can. Oh, no, there was – yeah. Absolutely. Tell us, what's the future for Gela look like? Um, well, I've got one child who has finished year 12 just now and two that it will do year 12 next year. So essentially Europe will be on the cards for 2025. Yep. Um, awesome. Yeah. Just we the two of you? Oh, well, no, the five of us. Yep. We were supposed to go in 2020. That, yeah. We had a little school window. This little lost. thing called global pandemic. Yeah. And then so that is definitely our plan. Um, some exciting stuff with Storm. <gasps> oh, I can't wait, Gella. That's so much. exciting. Watch this space. Is it dressing two podcasters to wear the best <laughs> shoes on the red carpet in Sydney? <laughs> oh, we'll see about that. Get an outfit That's together and let's see. I'm happy to show you. And the other thing is I think a lot of people think is we just work retail, but we don't. We, you know, like I met this fabulous couple yesterday and we do, 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 just yeah. fantastic people who came from Nunamar to buy two pairs of men's shoes and um, it's talking to people and getting to know them and it's yeah. amazing what people will tell you. They're just, yeah, I'm uh, um, I'm a talker, obviously, yep. but, um, you know, I love what I do, you know, even though I got in trouble on my year three report, Geller is a chatterbox and this has to stop. No, join the club. So much trouble for that. Yeah. 
Mrs. Howard, see me now. Yeah. So it's okay. Um, yeah, there's some exciting stuff happening. But, yeah, family time, you know, and we talked about mum guilt, you know, like there was always that. Yeah. And always not available and whatever. So I try to really put my phone down or stop what I'm doing on the computer. And, yep. you know, we're at a really critical time now with the girls. Yeah. And, you know, all of my three children have um, put up with <laughs> this other child in their life. <laughs> Um, you or your husband? Yeah, uh, you know, stop. as in the stop. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because it, Who are you referring to? Yeah, no, this child. See, with dancing, it's different. They're part of that. Yeah. They perform at that. So, you know, I'm the dance mum. Yeah. Um, and I have to tend to them and whatever. This sometimes would get uh, a little antsy sometimes and, and, you know, there would be that resentment mm. of we've got to go do this and we've got to do that. I don't want to do that. So you see those braces? <laughs> That's because of me. Yeah. See your car? That's yeah. because of me. And now we're at that age where that all clicks and resonates yep. and they're working for other people. And I've made – all three of them have worked for other businesses in the city as well, which is great. And it's always really nice to hear that. Yeah. That's awesome. so nice. Oh, we love so that. And and they're so smart and so lovely. And I'm thinking, yes. And I hope a bit of uh, gratefulness that mum has a pretty cool – Shoe store, yeah, Some awesome product. You know, yeah, I think they would milk it for more than what it's worth. It's just starting to kick in now. Yeah, it's just starting to kick in now, and also the appreciation of networking and saying, okay, you know, because everyone says, oh, what did they work for you? I said, well, they have, and that necessarily didn't go so great. Yeah, because um, I'm very hard to work for. Apparently, according to my children, I don't know my staff. We're okay. They yeah. seem to love me. I seem to love them. But I just, yeah, my kids are my kids, you know. So, um, yeah, them and outreaching to other businesses and they're like, yep, I'll take your daughter, no problem. So that's nice. But, you know, I'm just happy to survive the teenage years. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy your toddlers. Yeah. So all that's I can so say to funny. You, We've had so many them. different parents come through and everyone says the toddler years are easy. I I didn't find toddler years easy, but when I look back now, I'd rather have those problems than these ones. Yeah. But it's not that my kids are or any teenage kid is bad or whatever. It's just a different time. Yeah. Yeah. You're a 2023 teenager yeah you know and when I talk to my mom and my sister and we compare back and so we're just living in a different time um absolutely you know and good I'll the bad to come the to you for some teenage girl advice. yeah well that's the thing I I have friends a lot of my friends uh that I went to school with and are still friends with and whatnot and when you know a tight handful we all sort of had kids around the same age so we were like in Greek terms, late having yeah. children. Um, and I've also got a group of friends that have got older kids and I'm listening to those conversations constantly. Yeah. And she's like, you know, in a year or two you'll be right where I am and, you know, I'm telling you this is, you know, this is how how it is. Yeah. So I'm really lucky the girls are um, the good kids. Yeah. I've had to put up with a bit, as have I and as has Bill, but we're a team of five. And that's how we roll. And we've, oh, we've got a guppy, our cat. We love her too. Was <laughs> like a fish. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. A guppy is a guppy is um, Greek for love. So oh, yes. she's our little tabby that we love. Who loves me too? Thank God, because that's where I go when everything is crazy. I, I head for the cat. Go to the cat. Oh yeah, the cat's not going to talk back to you. Yeah, she meows <laughs> at me a lot, like piss off. But you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to love her. Well, Gella, I think we've got to wrap it up there. <laughs> 
Thank you we so much. Going, yeah, we're we gonna get not. going, but I think we better stop. Thank you so much for coming okay, and chatting for to us. Me. It was really I was blushing when you rang me. I was like, oh, okay. No, Thank we you. we were you were on our list and we got took to October to get there, but we're here. We're so grateful. Thank I think you so you're much. a huge part of what makes the C B D really special and Absolutely. Um no, it's been really nice to talk to you and um thank you for sharing your story no problem thanks for having me alrighty like subscribe tell your friends and we'll catch you next week see ya